Okay. Apparently, my belt pack was attached to the chair and not my pants. So I got up and, yeah, woo, happy Easter. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, you can clap. It's okay. It's Easter. Happy Resurrection Sunday. How about that? Come on. Listen here, as believers celebrate the best news in the history of the world today. Easter, Resurrection Sunday. Uh, everything that I'm going to talk about today is, is going to hinge on two truths. The first is the goodness of God. Through and through, always and forever, God is good. The second thing, the second truth that I'm going to talk about today is that Jesus Christ, his son, was born, lived, died, and was resurrected on this day. That's why we celebrate. That's why we as Christians shout a hoorah when we hear it's Resurrection Sunday. Come on. All right. Um, now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to clarify. I'm gonna, I want to preface. I also, I also understand um, there may be those here today who aren't believers. Uh, and as, as Christians... We, we, tend, we tend to do certain things. Speaking in, in certain ways, <laughs> I, I like to refer to Christian speak as Christianese. Like, like it's a whole nother language. We're weird. We are Christian. Sometimes we can just be weird. Somebody will ask us, hey, how you doing? And, and what's the good Christian answer? Ooh, blessed brother. <laughs> now, number one, you are not my brother. It is what a non-believer would say, right? I mean, absolutely no. Uh-uh. Why are you saying that? And number two, well, why can't you just say I'm fine like everybody else? I'm fine. I'm good. Right? But no, we got to speak Christianese. And the truth is... Uh, it, we, we, we don't intend, but a lot of times we do it because we think it makes us sound holier than we really are. And worse, a lot of times we end up just coming across as pompous, arrogant, Christianese. So, so, today, uh, so today, if you're here and you don't call yourself a, a Christian in whatever construct you shape that, if you're here today and you don't call yourself a Christian per se, I want you to know, number one, uh, I'm going to try and not speak in Christianese. And when I do, I'll try and explain what it is I'm talking about. But then, but then as well, what I hope you understand is that I get it. Um, I, I've lived around Christians a lot of my life. And yes, we can be very weird and worse, we can be mean and ugly. It's not a representation of God. It's, it's ourselves sometimes. A lot of times. Um, the truth is, the truth is, there's a lot, there's a lot of competing reasons to doubt God. There's a lot of reasons in this world to doubt God. I've doubted God. Look, can, I, can I be real? Can I be honest with you and, and admit openly, I've, I've doubted God. 
And yet, and yet when, I, when I really think about my experiences, when I think about those that I've talked to, what I recognize is, is not so much that you or I have doubted the existence of God. We, we believe there's a God. We believe that in, in the vast, you know, expanse of all that there is, something out there created all of this somehow. But, but what we have a hard time really believing is, is in the vast expanse of all that there is out there, with that, all the problems that there are, the issues there are, then how can that God really care or see about my problems? Society as a whole, we don't doubt the existence of God. We doubt that God would truly care about us. Um, I, uh, I want to take the opportunity uh, and invite everybody here back next week. Next week, I'm starting a, uh, a new series, a new discussion that I'm calling Belonging. And uh, is it up there? They, becoming, not belonging, becoming. I had to be reminded what I'm calling it. Whew. That's mistake number one. There's going to be a few more. Just get ready for them. We're good. Becoming. Hallelujah. Uh, but the reason, reason why I'm taking this opportunity is current statistics show that, that the average church attender will attend one out of every three Sundays. <laughs> so I'm encouraging you to come next two weeks in a row, because statistically, if you're here today, <laughs> you're not coming next week. <laughs> we're going to show that wrong, aren't we? Next week, we're doing becoming. Listen, I, I want to look directly at the question that each and every one of us ask, and that's, that's why would God use me? Specifically, why would God use me? And, and what I want to do is I want to break down another, another Christianese word, um, Who's, who's ever heard the word calling or somebody referred to the call of God on their life? It's, it's a Christianese word. And what it means is if you've studied long enough, if you have achieved the doctorate and shown yourself worthy of the calling, no, <laughs> it's not what calling means, but that's what we make it out to be. We, we kind of elevate it to something. And I'll be honest, I, I myself, I'm still waiting for my white bearded knight to stand over me and say, you have chosen wisely. <laughs> at that day, at that moment, I will know that my calling is fulfilled. I am ready to seek. Look, we, calling, um, the reality, the reality is the God's master plan, we refer to God's master plan, God's grand design. God's master plan includes the hope that he has specifically just for you. So if God's grand design includes the hope that he has specifically just for you, then I'm here to inspire you to not just live in the abundance of that hope, but better, I'm here to inspire you to inspire others to live like the gospel changes everything. Amen. To not just walk in the abundance of that hope that we have found, but more so the, to show the world who that hope is. Over the last two weeks, we've been in this series called Breaking Free. 
And, and with it, what we've been doing is addressing some of the most common questions that I hear. Some of the most common questions that I, I think we all have about God. It's the questions that cause us to doubt. It's the questions that cause us to doubt, number one, that God is good specifically to me. And the questions that cause us to doubt that, number two, God's son, Jesus, died specifically so that I could have life, so that I could live abundantly. It's the doubts that, that we hold on to. We believe, God, I believe, and it's, it's just help my unbelief. I believe there's a God. I believe in God, but, but, but when God hasn't come out or shown up the way I thought he would, then I'm left with questions. And in those questions, I then wonder, am I, am I able to represent him? And, and if I can't represent him because I have questions, then, then maybe he doesn't really want to use me anyway. And we check ourselves out with these weights that we carry in this race. Today, what I want to do is, is I want to look at one of the most commonly asked questions I hear about God. Chances are, if you're here today, uh, you've probably prayed a prayer at some point and then wondered, why didn't God hear my prayer? At some point in everybody's life here, we've had the question run through our minds that goes something similar to this. Why do bad things happen to good people? Why doesn't God seem fair? Who can, who can be honest enough to say they've ever asked a similar question? About half of you, the other you are like holy, religious, perfect. God bless you. I'm impressed. Look, we've all asked something similar. We've all asked something similar. Throughout Scripture, you will see character, Bible character after Bible character asking the same thing. Father Abraham. Father Abraham. I mean, like, this is the foundation of the Hebrew culture. Father Abraham said this, shouldn't the judge of the world judge fairly? Moses. The faith to part the Red Sea said this, God, why, why don't you treat your people as they deserve? Jeremiah, the prophet. Jeremiah, the prophet, said, why do the wicked prosper? In other words, it's not fair that bad people are getting rich and good people aren't. Can I get an amen? Hallelujah. <laughs> it's not fair, God. You can't open up the Psalms without reading David saying something to the effect of, God, why, why didn't you answer my prayer? God, where were you in this situation? God, why didn't you show up when I asked? Why don't you deliver me? All of these questions kind of, uh, they're, they're asking God, why don't you seem fair? Why do bad things happen to good people? Today, we would ask questions along the lines of, God, if you're real, why are there, are there starving children when there's an abundance of food just being disposed of, thrown away right around the corner? We might ask the cure, or we might ask the question, God, why aren't there 
cures. We, we, we see preventable diseases, like there's cures for diseases, and yet we, we see thousands dying from, from diseases that are preventable, really? God, why? Where were you? We watch the news and, and we, we watch a, a tsunami rolls across an island. And in that moment, we're wondering, God, you don't seem fair. Why them? Why that? And yet, while each and every one of us care about those situations, what I found is those aren't the questions that we find ourselves weighing every single day. More so, what we find ourselves asking is, God, why did this happen to me? Or God, why is this going on in the life of somebody that I love? God, this isn't fair. I, uh, look, I, I, I could, <laughs> I thought about pulling out personal examples um, and, and ultimately, I, I sat there and I thought about it. And I, I could go personal example for personal example, head to head with probably anybody in here. But, but that's just it. Everybody in here has gone through hell. Moments where we questioned, where we were uncertain. God, this, this isn't fair. I've, I've believed. I've trusted. I, I said yes. Why then, God? Why? Where are you? This doesn't seem fair. Why do bad things happen to good people? God, why didn't you help my marriage when I prayed for it? And then somebody else saying, God, what about me? Am I ever going to get married? Somebody else praying, God, why, why did I get laid off? You know I'm the hardest worker there, God. You know the bills that I have. God, why me? Why were... Why were they in that accident? Why did it have to be them? Why did they have to get cancer? Why that, God? God, why don't you seem fair? And, and everybody I talk to, predominantly, I, I, we live in the Bible Belt. So, so everybody that I talk to, we, we really do. We want to believe in God. We want to trust God. We, we desire to believe and know that he is good and that his son died for me. But circumstances end up leaving us feeling forced to say, I, I, I guess God can't be good or, or, or he can't be in control or, or at least he doesn't care about my situation because if he did, then this wouldn't be happening to me. And so we question, we wonder, God, why? Why doesn't God seem fair? Why, why do bad things happen to good people? Um, I, I want to I real quickly biblically show you some possibilities, some reasons why I see through Scripture why bad things may be happening to good people. Um, the first possibility that I, I see in Scripture is just very simply, maybe, maybe, maybe you just live in a broken world. In Genesis chapter 1, we read that God created the heavens and the earth, and it talks about every different day that God created something, and after every day, he said it was good. 
It was good. Everything about it was good. It wasn't until Adam and Eve chose their own way over God's way. It was at the very moment that Adam and Eve thought, you know what, God said this, but we want to try out this way. At that moment, there was a separation, a divide. We said, God, we're choosing our own way. So, when sin entered the world, with it came curses, consequences for sin. We see sickness, death, pain, all due to sin. Uh, Jesus said this in John 16, 33, in this world, you will have trouble. Trouble. In this world, you will have pain. In this world, you will have things that you don't like. In this world, you will go through things that you don't understand. In this world, you will have trouble. And then he continues and he says, do not fear. Take heart, I have overcome the world. And we rejoice in that line, but we must acknowledge that some bad things are just the result of a pain-filled world. Why are bad things happening? Sometimes you're just the victim of a broken world. Another reason I see in Scripture, why do bad things happen to good people, is maybe you brought it on yourself. Come on, don't shake your head. It's true. Sometimes, yeah, it's you. Uh, what I don't want to do, real quick, I want to clarify. Because, again, here's another uh, Christianese, Christianese moment. A lot of times in the church world, um, people will say, well, the reason bad is happening to you is, is because you're sinning. And so because you're doing this over here, this other completely unrelated thing over here is happening to you. Oh, oh God, that's garbage. Hear me. God's not up in heaven looking down, like waiting, waiting for you. Oh, my God, is he going to steal something? I hope he steals something because if he steals something, I'm sticking him with cancer. That's dumb. It's dumb. Can we admit that's dumb? Okay. But, but, but what I am saying is that there are direct consequences for our actions. Sinful behavior has direct consequences. If we live sinfully, we face the consequences of that sin. Uh, example. Example, you, you go to a party, you drive home drunk, you have an accident, you wreck your car, you lose your license, and you're sitting there afterwards crying out to God. God, why, why, don't, why don't you give me back my license? God, God, I'm praying, I'm believing that my license, the judge isn't going to revoke my license. God, please. And guess what? God's looking up on you going, say, mm, mm, mm. God's looking saying, mm, mm. no, that's, that's you. That's all you. I didn't do that. You did that. God, I mean, right? God didn't do that. You did that. Do we get that? I don't need to say you're stupid again. Is that what? I get it. All right, I'll move on. Galatians 6. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Those who sow to please their sinful nature from that sinful nature will reap destruction. 
Why do bad things happen to good people? Maybe you're just the victim of a broken world. Maybe, maybe you brought it on yourself. But then, but then what I want to do is I want to open up a third option that you might not have considered. A third possibility. That other option is that maybe, maybe God wants to do something big. Now listen, this is, this is the moment where we as Christians, we get all excited. Ooh, God wants to do something big. When in reality, when everybody else here that's not a Christian is looking at you going, but I still don't want to have to deal with the pain and the hurt of the hell that you're about to go through. Just because you say, ooh, God's doing something big. It can be hard. It can be hard in the moment to believe God. But maybe, maybe through something that you don't even understand, maybe through something that you would never, never even want, God wants to do something big. Uh, in John chapter 9, we read the story of a, a man that was born blind. I, I, can't, I can't imagine having been born blind, just the questions that I would have, that he must have had. Why, why me? Why not, why not my brothers, my sisters? Why me, God? Like, what, what's, what's the deal? Why did I have to deal with this my whole life? I, but then, especially, maybe even more so in that culture, in that culture, there was this idea, Christianese, that, well, if, if you've got some sort of issue in your life, then you obviously must have some sort of sin in your life. And here was a man that was born blind, like never had the opportunity to sin, much less have to deal with the blindness because of the sin. And yet his whole life, he's dealing with this issue while at the same time dealing with people always trying to find out who's to blame. We want to know. We want to point a finger. We want to, we want to point at somebody. Well, well, if it's not his fault, then it must be his parents' fault. Somebody did wrong. That was his life. And in the midst of this, Jesus walks up as they're yelling out, was it this man who sinned? Was it his parents who sinned? And Jesus says, I got another option for you. Jesus said this, neither this man nor his parents sinned, but this happened, this happened. This is the very thing that this blind man didn't understand. This happened. This is the very thing that this blind man never would have wanted on himself. This happened. This is the very thing that was the most hardest on his whole life. And Jesus said this happened so that the work of God might be displayed in his life. Man, look, the very moment that this guy goes from blind to seeing, look, his life is changed forever, right? Forever. But better, not only is this guy's life changed, but now his story is going to inspire others. Now he can walk around saying, I once was blind, but now, now I see. There was a transformation. Something big happened out of something that he never wanted. You look at the story in the Old Testament of Joseph. Here was a young man faithful to God, faithful to God, and yet 
betrayed by his brothers, thrown into a pit, sold into slavery, falsely accused, and then thrown into prison. Through years of nothing more than hurt, frustration, false accusations, and suffering, God was doing something amazing. God was doing something big. A new option. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, maybe, just maybe, one day, God will do something big through the very thing that you hate. Now, now I, I want to I real quickly clarify. What I'm not trying to do is belittle anybody's hurt. There's always, there's always Christians who, who kind of come across as saying, well, there's always a reason for your hurt. These, all, all, I'm giving you options, reasons, maybes. No guarantees on, on those. These are just maybe, these, these, these could be wise. But, but I do want to give you an absolute. The absolute is this. Every time, every time in the worst of any hurt, God is doing something in you. Now here, look, this is, <laughs> like in our minds, we, we immediately kind of uh, correlate that with something big out there. Maybe, maybe God will do something big and the world will know and, and millions will be saved and lives changed forever. But what I can guarantee is that he's doing something in you. I, I wanna, there's a verse. Christians tend to throw this around a lot of time when we're going through hard times. It's a go-to, it's, it's Christianese, it's a, it's a pick-me-up, it's a faith builder, it's absolutely, this is, this is truth, we go to this. But what we tend to miss is the simplicity that's found in it. Uh, James 1, starting in verse two, says, consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials. Now, quickly, it does not say, does not say to be happy about it. It says, consider joy a new option. Consider joy as another possibility. Consider pure joy when you're going through hard times. Things you don't understand, things that, that you wouldn't wish upon yourself in your lifetime. Consider it pure joy. Consider that God is doing something in you in that situation. Look, I, I can, thank God, I can look back at, at so many different low points in my life. I mentioned earlier going head to head with anybody, but the truth is in every single one of those low points, I've, I've seen God come through on the other side. If I take that snippet of life, if I look at just that moment, I can promise you in that moment, there was a cry out to God, why this isn't fair? Why God, this isn't fair? Why God? More tragedies than I care to count. It's not fair. Hands down, it's not fair. But the result, the result of trusting in him, the result of following hard after him, the result is, is always the same. 
Walk with him over a lifetime and you will declare with assurance, number one, that God is good through and through. And number two, that his son died just for me. Why do bad things happen to good people? Corey, what does that have to do with Easter at all? Two quick points for you. For some of you, this is another Christianese way of saying it, but for some of you, it's, it's Friday. What do I mean? Well, as Christians, we celebrate, we celebrate the death and resurrection of Christ, including Good Friday. Good Friday is the day that we celebrate the horror as well as the glory of what we know is coming. But let's be honest, those disciples in that moment, at that time, there was no glory. It was horror. That Friday was dark. That Friday was long. That Friday hurt. Everything that they had believed in, everything that they had trusted was seemingly crushed. Finished. But the disciples didn't know what was coming on Sunday. In their moment, all they saw was that Friday, what was a day filled with darkness and hope gone. And I think that's where a lot of people are today. It's Friday. And with Friday, it's dark, it's long, it hurts, and and in the midst of it, there's confusion. But one day, one day you're going to realize it took a death in order for there to be a resurrection. What does bad things happening to good people have to do with Easter? The question itself is flawed. Why do bad things happen to good, fe- good, good people? It, it, it's, a, it's a flawed question. Why? Because you aren't good. <laughs> come on, come on, you aren't, I'm not, we're not good. Bad things don't happen to good people because there is no, not one of us who are good, right? Because each and every one of us have at one point in time chosen our way over God's way. And at that very moment, what we did is we separated ourselves from it is good. The very moment we said, my way, God, I I believe that this is better. I believe that this is the path I should take for me, God. This, at, At that very moment, we chose our way over his. So you ain't good. Happy Easter. (laughs) Here's the beauty. Here's the beauty, guys. Here's the beauty of that statement. When we realize I'm not good, then we as well have to admit that only once, only once in the history of the world has something bad happened to someone good. Only once in the history of the world has something bad happened to someone good. That person was Jesus, and he, he volunteered for it. (laughs) 
Jesus was the one who volunteered, stepped up and said, I, I will reconcile life back to them. I will restore the relationship that they destroyed when they chose their own way. Jesus took on your choices, took on my choices. He took on sin, past, present, future, and was brutally tortured for each and every one of us. Listen to this. You uh, wonder about questions. In the very midst of this moment, when Jesus himself was taking on the sin of the world, Scripture records he looks to heaven and he says, my God, my God, why? This isn't fair. God, this, this isn't fair. I lived a perfect life. I lived holy, righteous, pure. This isn't fair. But then in faith, doing what he was sent to do, not what felt right, he considered another option. He considered it pure joy and said, no, it's finished. I'm not going to fight this battle in my mind. It's finished. God, into your hands, I commit my way, my spirit. Man. It was a Friday and nobody understood what was going on. It was a Friday and it took what nobody wanted to bring about what everybody needed. A death in order for there to be a resurrection. Look, three days later, the stone was rolled away, the tomb was empty, and, and, and Scripture records he wasn't there. And because he wasn't there... You and I no longer have to worry about or even ask the question, why do bad things happen to good people? The beauty of the gospel, the good news of the gospel of Christ is that good things can happen to bad people. There's none good, right? So that's you... Like, we're catching this. It's slow. We're kind of, wait. Oh, my gosh. How? <laughs> Good things can happen to bad people. And thank you, God. Look, God's not fair. Hands down, 100%. Thank you, God. He's not because I don't, I don't need what I deserve. Scripture says the good news is this, Psalm 145 and verse 8, it says, The Lord is compassionate, the Lord is gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve, nor repay us according to our iniquities. But as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> That right there, that's, that's why we celebrate resurrection this Easter Sunday. Because Jesus died specifically for you, because Jesus died specifically for me. And it's because of that. It's because of that truth that I also know that I know that I know that, that he is good through and through. 
my situations, my circumstances, things are going to happen that aren't. But I know that I can choose his way over my way. And in doing so, I know I'm stepping back into his goodness. I'm stepping into the goodness of all that he has for me, my future, my hope, my plan. That's the reason to shout. That's the reason to give God praise. Because yeah, God is good and his son died for me. I want, to, uh, I want to close this out this morning in, in a word of prayer. Um, and, and as I do, I, I want to also recognize that, that there may be people here that are hurting. Um, I think there's so many people that are, are going through hard times, challenges, things that you don't understand or that you don't want. Whatever the issue is, you're going through something. And in the midst of this moment, somewhere along the way, you may have cried out a cry, something to the effect of God. Where are you? This isn't fair. You can believe, you can trust in God, you can know that he's there, and yet at the same time, you can, you can wonder where he is. Circumstances, situations that seem to just onslaught you, and, and in those moments, we doubt. And it makes the race that we're supposed to run freely, it makes it hard. If you would, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and you're just going through hell, man, I'm praying for you. If you're here this morning and that's you, I'd love to specifically just be able to look at you and pray with you. Every head bowed, every guy closed, but, but if you would, if, if you're going through that situation, would you just real quickly raise your hand, look at me, let me acknowledge that you're here this morning. Awesome, awesome. If that's your prayer, if you've cried out in some form, some fashion, God, why, why, this isn't fair, this isn't right, awesome, across the room. Heavenly Father, we come before you, and first and foremost, Lord God, I thank you, and I pray that your spirit would just do a work, Lord Jesus, your son. We thank you for today, a day that we can celebrate the resurrection of your son. The son that, that, that died so that we might have life, not just life that we have, you know, a hope for later, but, but abundant life, Lord God. And, and because of that, Father, I pray right now that, that when you rose, you said your spirit comes back and lives alive and well in us. And so, Father, I pray your spirit would come alive even now and minister to people. Father, that dead bones would rise, that broken hearts would be mended. Lord Jesus, I pray for a restoration in relationships, for situations across this room, Lord God, where people are crying out and they're, they're not necessarily seeing you in the moment. Father, I pray that they would rest on the fact, the knowledge, Lord God, that you are good through and through and that your son died specifically so that they could have life abundantly. Father, whatever the situation is, I pray that your peace would go before them even now. Touch their lives, minister to them, Lord God. And Lord, I do pray for miracles in their lives, that, that there would be miracles financially, Lord God, that there would be miracles relationally, that there would be miracles, Lord Jesus, that would happen in their lives, but maybe most importantly, God, that spiritually there would be a miracle. Spiritually, there would be a, a awakening. Lord God, that they would know that you are good and that your son died for them. 
Jesus, I thank you for what you're doing in lives today. As I continue to real quickly pray, uh, again, I, I want to address two quick things. There's, there's two common mis, uh, misbeliefs. One, one is, is that, well, I, I don't, I'm, I'm not a bad person or, or, or I'm better than most, so therefore I don't need forgiveness, and, and that's a lie. We've all sinned before God. The other big lie that, that a lot of people face is, is well, well, then I'm, I'm too bad for God. I've sinned too much. God couldn't hear me because, and that too, just as much, just as heavy is a lie. The truth is Jesus took on all of our sin. He died and rose again so that anybody, anybody who calls on his name, who believes in him would be saved. And maybe, just maybe, that's why you're here today. Look, if you're here this morning and you've never had a relationship with Christ or for whatever reason you've, you've tended to, to, to believe the doubts and fall away from that relationship, I'm here to let you know that he died specifically to restore the relationship that he wants to have with you. Your situation may not be good, but I promise you, he is. And what he wants for your life is good through and through, a plan to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. If you're here this morning and, and for whatever reason you don't feel like you're currently walking in that relationship or you never have walked in that relationship, I'd love to pray a, just a, a special prayer with you. Quickly, with everybody stands, if y'all will, go ahead and let's rise up. Stand up, please. This is an awesome opportunity. I'm not going to embarrass anybody. I'm still going to ask, guys, if you would, just let's keep your heads bowed. We're thanking God, but across the room, if there's anybody that desires that relationship, I'd love for you to just look up and raise your hand at me right now so I know who I'm praying with. Awesome. Awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. Yeah, thank you, God. Across the room, guys, let's have everybody, everybody, please, let's join together. Pray with this with me. Heavenly Father, I pray that you would save me. That you would make me new. I believe you died and rose again. I pray that you'd fill me with your spirit so that I can serve you. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. Lord God, I thank you so much for all it is that you are, for all it is that you're doing in and through hearts right now. Lord God, that people, Lord Jesus, are recognizing the shackles and the weights that are dropping. The ability to run a race with freedom. The ability, Lord God, to look to you, the author, perfecter, and finisher of our faith. Lord, we don't have to muster the faith, Father. All we need to do is turn and say, I believe, Lord God, help us. And Father, right now, I know that across this room, you are helping individuals. You are good, Lord Jesus, and your son died specifically just for each and every one of us. And Father, it's because of that, it's because of that that we rejoice, Father. It's because of that that we walk out, Lord Jesus, celebrating life. It's because of that that we consider it pure joy, Lord Jesus. And in doing so, Father, we inspire others to live like the gospel changes everything. God, all glory be to the name of your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you for this day to celebrate. 
It's in the name of your son we pray. Amen. 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 Guys, y'all have a very, very blessed Resurrection Sunday. Happy Easter.